Hey guys, it's your girl Mo Diggs, and I am here with your daily Black History moment. Today we are discussing Thurgood Marshall. Thurgood Marshall, the first African American Supreme Court justice, played an instrumental role in promoting racial equality during the Civil Rights Movement. As a practicing attorney, Marshall argued a record-breaking 32 cases before the Supreme Court, winning 29 of them. His most notable case was the Brown v. Board of Education of Topeka. This landmark case was considered Marshall's greatest victory as a civil rights lawyer. A group of black parents whose children were required to attend segregated schools filed a class action lawsuit. The Supreme Court unanimously ruled that separate education facilities are inherently unequal fact. Thurgood Marshall represented and won more cases before the high court than any other person. During his 24-year term as Supreme Court Justice, Marshall's passionate support for individual and civil rights guided his policies and decisions. Most historians regard him as an influential figure in shaping social policies and upholding laws to protect minorities. Thurgood Marshall once said, to protect against injustice is the foundation of all of our American democracy. That's it for today's Black History Moment. Bye, guys. Hello, Prince George's County. I'm Del Roden, and today is February 28th, 2020. In today's episode of the Prince George's Daily Podcast, Heavenly Bee begins a conversation with a local celebrity. Okay, national celebrity, Emmy award-winning actress, star of stage and television, and one of the stars of Love and Basketball, and resident of Prince George's County. Have you ever wondered what it might be like to discover love when everyone, literally everybody, knows your name, your work, and your dimples? Find out right here, right after the weather. This is the month of love on the Prince George's Daily Podcast. For today's weather, we can expect clear conditions for the area. Our high temperature under partly cloudy skies will be in the mid-40s. Our low temperature tonight will drop slightly below freezing at 28 degrees. For this weekend, the temperature gets into the 40s for Saturday with virtually no chance of rain. And for Sunday, it warms up into the 50s. As the clouds move out and we have clearer skies on Sunday. The National Weather Service tells us that our sun rises at 641 this morning. Our sunset this afternoon at 558. That's the weather for today in Prince George's County. Stay with us after today's episode of The Season of Love. We'll bring news from the desk of Lillian Torres. In today's news, we'll talk about the University of Maryland and a possible name change for one of the residence halls. Check. We'll talk about the University of Maryland and a possible name change for one of the residence halls. We'll also talk about the area as it begins preparations for the coronavirus. And this police officer fights crime with a guitar? Stay here for today's exciting news. Coming right up though, Heavenly Bee spends time with actress, author, playwright, director, and artist at residence at Prince George's Community College. Debbie Morgan is our Prince Georgian of the day. This is the Prince George's Daily Podcast at PGCC. Hey everybody, it's your girl Heavenly B here with the Prince George's Daily. And today I'm sitting with Miss Debbie Morgan, Emmy Award winning actress and now fellow Prince Georgian. How are you? I'm great, Heavenly. How are you today? I'm amazing. Great. It's so good to to be here with you and to really talk about some of the things that you've experienced in your career as well as love. Because this is love <laughs> month for us here at the yes. Prince George's Daily. We're coming to an end. Um, 
in February, but of course, love is a all year long thing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so first, who doesn't love love? Who doesn't mm-hmm. love love? So first, we want to talk about what brought you to the county. Because we know originally you're not from this county. You were born in Dunn, North Carolina, mm-hmm. raised in New York, mm-hmm. and somehow you ended up in gorgeous Prince George's. You know, it's so funny. Of course, I'd heard of Maryland, but I'd never heard of Prince George's County. And I'd been living in California before I moved here, and I had a cousin who was dating a guy who lived two doors down from my present husband. Oh. And uh, I kept saying to her, I said, oh, you know, I'm so tired of dating these actors in L.A. You know, I just want to meet somebody that's not in the business. And um, she said, you know, there's somebody that I would like to introduce you to. Now, now this is a long-winded story, so I'm not going to go into the whole (laughs) thing. Just let's say that I ended up being here for meeting my, my, my husband, who's originally from here, from the DMV. Oh. And uh, when I got ready to move, I had so many friends in L.A. saying to me, you're moving where? <laughs> I said to uh, Maryland, uh, it's, a, it's a county called Prince George's County. And they was, Prince George's, who? <laughs> what, what are you going to do there? But I actually love it. Yay. I know initially my husband was like, you know, Debbie, because your career is in L.A., uh, he was working for Verizon. And he said I could always make a transfer. But I really began to fall in love with with this area and this community, and so I I haven't wanted to move back to L.A. I love it here. Yay! (laughs) Well, look, that's great news for us. So tell me how you balance the two, because you said that your husband was willing to move, Mm -hmm. because you have a thriving career. You're still working. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance marriage and career? You know, my husband is so supportive, and because of the way my career works, it's not like Every single day or every week, I'm traveling to some place. Now, there are times when I do have to travel to Atlanta to film. Last uh, summer, I was in Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, Canada, shooting a Christmas movie for about a month. Oh, you've got really crazy, then. <laughs> but for the and and I shoot, uh, I film Power in New York, and now the spinoff Ghost. But I'm usually only there for about two or three days, and just take the train and then come back. So it really hasn't been much of an interruption. Okay. Okay. In terms of, you know, our, our marriage or being apart for some long, you know, long time or anything like that. Yeah. And I think it sounds like it's a conscious effort to, to do do it, too, to do the work. You said I go on that train and I bring it back. Abs- <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. So tell me what that moment was that you first knew in your heart and mind that I want to pursue a career in acting. You know what? It started when I was a very little girl, and I didn't comprehend that it was about me making a choice to be an actress. Um, I've, I wrote an autobiography that was published by Simon & Schuster about, uh, back in 2015, and it was about growing up in domestic violence. And what helped me a lot was I went to Catholic school, mm-hmm. and I would come home, and I would put on, like, these towels around my head and rosary beads and my mother's long robe acting like I was an actress. And I found that it sort of transitioned me out of what my reality actually was. And being these other characters, I I had some kind of outlet. And when I went to... Um, 
high school. I went to Catholic high school, and it was about 95% white Irish Catholic. Mm -hmm. And at the end of every school semester, our Monsignor would do this huge musical production where there was usually just one black face, and I was in a chorus, and I didn't sing. (laughs) But in my junior year, I thought, you know what, for the first time, I'm going to audition for this play. So I auditioned for the play, and it happened to be a Shakespearean uh, play called, um, oh my God, now I'm going blank. Uh, What was the name of the play? Um, A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I auditioned for the part of Puck. And I I ended uh, ended up getting, which was one of the lead roles, and I ended up getting it. And the director fell so in love with me that after that, my father had died. My mother was a single uh, parent raising me and my younger sister. He decided that he just wanted, he, he, he had my mother and me come down to his office and have a meeting. And he said, Debbie, have you ever thought about being an actress? I was living in the South Bronx in New York and living in the kind of environment I was living. Being an actress was the farthest thing from my head. And I was like, an actress? Mm-hmm. What do you mean, like on television and the movies? And he said, yes. And I said, no, I was going to go to college and be a teacher. And he became my mentor. Yeah. And he said to me, he said, um, he, he paid for my first photo sessions. He got me with a, a good commercial agent. I was able to get into the union. And one day we were on our way to the subway. And I asked him and I said, his name was Jim Mendenhall. And I said, Mr. Mendenhall, what made you want to do all this for me? And he said, when I watched you up on that stage for the first time and knowing that you had never acted a day in your life, you were so extraordinary. I felt I had to nurture this. Mm. And it was because of him. And he said, you mark my words, Debbie, one day more than thousands of people are going to know your name. Wow. But it wasn't something that I would consciously thought of doing had I not met that person had not come into my life. Yes, so mentorship mm-hmm. is so important. Absolutely. And it looks like those words came true because mm-hmm. you have done so many roles. And a lot of those roles, you play the love interest. <laughs> <laughs> so of those roles where you play the love interest, what is your favorite? Like, what's the one that stands out in your mind? Oh, my goodness. I would definitely have to say playing Angie and all my children. Okay. I mean, that was such an epic, historic love story for, like, over 25 years between Jesse and Angie. I mean, like you said, I've played the love interest in a lot of other films, but it's been like a one-time thing. Yeah. But that was the one thing that was so constant. And, uh, you know, people still come up to me today asking, Hey, Angie, (laughs) where's Jesse? So... What are some of you and your husband's favorite places to go and things to do in the DMV area to keep your marriage fun? Because I know that some people say, yeah, over time, marriage gets redundant, things like that. But give people the tips of how to keep it fun. You know what? I mean, it is true. I mean, you know, if you've been married to somebody, you know, for over 10, 20, 15 years, it changes. It's not the way that it was in the beginning. So I think that you have to find your your own outlet and your in your purpose in life that things that you enjoy doing and you do that and things that you and your husband do together you can enjoy that together I mean my husband and I do things like uh, we have a lot of different television shows that we we like to watch but we've decided they're like six or seven shows that we like to watch together and so that's kind of like a nice little cozy intimate time that he'll say oh come on honey we're gonna watch such and such a thing yeah uh, I'm sort of um Uh, a a homebody. I don't necessarily like going out a lot. I like being home. And I have 
two of my greatest friends that are here that I love. They're like family. They come over. You know, we play bid whist, uh, taboo. And I mean, to me, that's that's such a highlight. We have so much fun. We laugh. and We're up to like one or two o'clock in the morning. And uh, all of us get along. The, the guys are all good friends as well. Yeah. And uh, so that, that, that brings a lot of fun. Keeps the, keeps the marriage fun. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that tip. <laughs> I'm taking my notes for later. Now let's shift to one of my favorite roles that you've been a part of, or my favorite film, which is Love and Basketball. Do you hear a lot of people oh, okay. say things to you about Love and Basketball? Oh my goodness, I think that's how <laughs> I think that's how a lot of the young the young kids know me because they come in. I'm like, how do they even recognize me? <laughs> but you know, Love and Basketball has become such a cult film. Yes, you know, and they, it, you know, it's always on television. They're always doing reruns of it. It's a classic. A, yeah, per, yeah. It's a classic. And we yeah. love that film. Yeah. However, I have to say that I've been hearing so much about the film come up more lately mm-hmm. and just analyzing the dynamic between Quincy and Monica mm-hmm. and their relationship. And a lot of people are saying that uh, that is, it wasn't as healthy as we thought. We were so in love with the film. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, Monica went through a lot to get this heart mm-hmm. and to get this love. So it made me wonder if you had ever experienced an unhealthy relationship and if you had, how did you overcome that? <laughs> is the sky blue? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, if you read my autobiography, The Monkey on My Back, you will see, yes, I had a lot of unhealthy relationships until I got to where I am now. And again, it had a lot to do with me growing up in such a very unhealthy environment. Uh, for young girls, you know, our fathers are our first role models. And unfortunately for me, my father was not the best role model. I mean, I, I grew up watching him physically abuse my mother. And so I was always, it's so funny, some of the things that you fear the most is what attracts you to them. You don't know it consciously, but it's an unconscious mm. thing. And I kept attracting myself to to. to these men that were so much like my father, not necessarily physically abusive, but so emotionally and verbally abusive. It took therapy. Mm. Uh, It took even my writing my autobiography to be able to come to terms with the choices that I was still making and how to overcome that. But um, I can I can honestly say that uh, I'm I'm a long way away from that now and, and, and extremely happy and in a very healthy relationship and marriage awesome (laughs) always light always light at the end of the tunnel okay so we're gonna get one piece of advice for you i mean from you for a listener what advice would you give an aspiring actress who is in the beginning stages of her career but has also found love should she choose between the two or is there room for both Oh, I would absolutely say there's room for both. I mean, like any career. I mean, she doesn't even have doesn't even have to necessarily be an actress. I mean, she could be somebody who, you know, uh, you know, works as a as as a as a model. Maybe uh, you know, as a real estate broker. You know, it doesn't matter. I think um, you know, women having careers are very fluent today, you know, not like it was back in the day where the uh, wife stayed home and took care of the kids. I think that's a, a, a part of society now. And in terms of juggling it both, like I said, for the most part, 
until I moved here to Maryland, I was always in the same I was living in California for like the last 20, 25 years. And so most of the productions I did was in that area. And when I was married, you know, I really didn't travel as much. And so that didn't really cause any tension in the relationship because I was never there. But I don't think, um, I I, I think they can have both. I think they can have love and their career. I mean, why not? Awesome. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I'm inspired. I hope you guys are inspired. Thank you so much for your time um, talking to us. It's been great. And everybody, this has been your girl, Heavenly Bee, with the Prince George's Daily. Until Monday, good day. Bye. Thank you. Hello, Prince George's County. My name is Lillian Torres, and here is the latest news for today. A group of Towson University students wants school officials to rename two dormitories that honor Maryland politicians who owned slaves. The group, Tigers for Justice, collected nearly 3,000 signatures by Thursday on an online petition advocating for the renaming of Peka House and Carroll Hall. William Peka and Charles Carroll were signers of the Declaration of Independence. They also were slaveholders. One black student says he shouldn't have to live under the name of his slave owner, but former state archivist Edward Patfinfuse says Carroll notably tried to abolish slavery and Peka was one of the fathers of the Bill of Rights. Federal health officials on Tuesday warned businesses and schools across the nation to prep for the spread of the coronavirus. The director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in a press briefing on Tuesday said it's no longer a matter of if the disease will spread, but when. She urged parents to ask their children's school districts about their current plans of attack, including providing alternative options like teleschool. Earlier this week, Virginia Health Department officials said a person has been tested for the possible virus in Northern Virginia, marking the eighth person to be tested in the Commonwealth alone. Six of the tests have turned back negative, and two are still pending. In Maryland, two people have tested negatively for the disease, as of February 21st. Five cases have been tested in the district, all of which have came back negative as well. Prince George's County Public Schools also stated they will not allow international student visits from countries impacted by the disease. And for our last news story, a Prince George's County police officer received a call to help a man with autism and he responded with the power of music. Officer Christian Pams diffused a tense situation by jamming with a 22-year-old on Sunday. The man's mother thanked the officer. Sharon Vollen of Landover, Maryland called police to request assistance with her son who has autism and was diagnosed with a mental health disorder. When he arrived, he saw musical instruments and asked Cameroon about them. Cameroon started to play the acoustic guitar. Soon, Pams joined on the bass. Valen recorded video of the encounter on her cell phone and said she was grateful. Pamps said it was he who was lucky. For the Prince George's Daily, I am Lillian Torres. This podcast is brought to you by Prince George's Community News and Prince George's Community College celebrating over 60 years of offering the highest possible standards in college education for the county and the region. Visit us at pgcc.edu. The opinions expressed on the Prince George's Daily Podcast 
do not necessarily reflect those of Prince George's Community College, its employees, or its affiliates. The producers of the Prince George's Daily Podcast are Heavenly Bee, David Smalls, Mado Say, and is executively produced by Dale Roden. Tune in tomorrow as we continue our discussion on Love in the County. This is the Prince George's Daily.